Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of the Trapper Dive Podcast, provided to you by 214 Media and SB Nations Hogs Haven. I am your host, Marley Mo, Coach Mo, all that good stuff, man. In here with no Rick today, um, but for a good occasion, man, celebrating some fam's uh, birthday dinner. Uh, shout out to Erica, all that good stuff, man. But Ryan and Nick is here. Nick, Ryan, how y'all fellas doing, man? Y'all straight? Good, bro. I had a good workout today, as I'm sure you know. A little sore. I mean, a little well, sore. you know, I, I I heard what you said at the end of the workout. What I said? You know what I'm saying you said, Kenny, man, I ain't doing I ain't doing class today, bro. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you, yeah, 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 yeah. You quit. Class. You quit on you quit on Kenny pretty early. Class is out of the question today, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, extra work. We did enough work today, and I and I know my workout, bro. I couldn't do it today, bro. He was he was. It was the sprints. I think that's what put the cherry on the top. Yeah, I was doing sprints, bro. bro we had sprints at the end of the jump. Five minute sprints at that. Yeah, I'm glad I'll be he in the morning. He ain't bro. worried right. It was five minute sprints, but we had we. It wasn't like we were sprinting nonstop. We had one sprint, and then the next person went when we came back. Then the other person went when we came back. How many? How many people in y'all group? It was three. It was three. Come on, bro. Me, Tyler, and more. So it was like four sprints total per person. It's not bad. That's not bad, bro. It wasn't good. <laughs> was it? Yeah, that's not bad, bro. Down hey, the Nick, back, right? You... Yeah, down huh? the back, bro. Okay. Down the back. Nick, how you feeling? Everything straight, bro? Hey, you know it's wild, bro. I've been in pain since Thursday, bro. <laughs> um, I don't. I I went. I, I don't know if I worked on Thursday, but like. <laughs> no, I, you I, didn't. Matter of fact, at least said you supposed to be in there with us. I was supposed yeah. to. Be, all right, so what's supposed to be Thursday. Uh-huh. Didn't uh, feel good. You're you gonna lie like that, bro. Here I wasn't, wasn't in it. I wasn't in Thursday, but Friday I felt bad. Saturday I felt bad from Friday. Today I felt bad from yesterday. And then like <laughs> three games, bro. I already know tomorrow I'm gonna feel even worse. Like oh I, for sure, bro. I couldn't walk yesterday. My foot was like this big, bro. And I t- <laughs> she was like, "You going to the gym tomorrow?" I was like, "I don't know." To be honest, I'm gonna have to wing it in the morning. I woke up. Knowing it's a squat day, I'm like, bro, I know Ali gonna be tripping. We didn't even squat today. You didn't go? No, I went. I went, okay. I went, I went this morning, but I like I'd be good. I just gotta like move around for like a good 15 to warm my foot up before oh, I even bro. Nah, bro, it's everybody over. I got like seven injuries all from yesterday. For real. <laughs> yeah, man. But you know what's crazy, oh. Ryan talked about mo. I remember we was playing basketball, bro. This Ryan threw a had a layup, bro, threw his back out. I was out of shape. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a difference. I, I got, I got at least fifty. Back then, I, 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 it, it, I that like was funny. But, but Nick, Nick set you up, bro. That, wow. that was, yeah, that was see, funny because nah, bro. I'm trying to tell you, Rod did a regular lift. Why you trying to do that? I'm my back. He was a, he was a rap, bro. That's crazy, bro. We do look, man. We do got company, bro. That's crazy, bro. 
Incoming's draft analyst and scout for Pro Football Network is live. What is right now? Um, he joins us to preview the NFL draft. And welcome back, man. I appreciate you joining us tonight, man. How you feeling, bro? Everything straight? Yeah, I'm good. I'm. I just got back from the gym. Actually, I had to. I had to really shovel down my Chipotle quickly, man. But uh, ch- <laughs> chest and tries today, so we uh, we got that going, man. And uh, I I don't feel sore. I know it's gonna hit me soon, but we're good for now. So yeah, we're just we're just chilling. You went heavy a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I usually, I mean, I, I just started going to the gym full time this year, so I'm still building myself up. But I think, um, yeah, 75s for flat bench dumbbells, you know, just kind of rep stuff out. So I'm trying to, um, trying to up that bench. But uh, we gotta, got a ways to go before you know I can put myself on the spreadsheet with the NFL players and you know, like, see, so, yeah, where are we at? Where are we at here? But we're, we're working our way up. We're getting there. It's the, it's the grind. That's for sure. I respect it. We all got our starting points. Uh, the, the training spot that we go to, all three of us, uh, ride. I, Brad, his journey, Rod's journey is is probably the best one that I've I've seen outside of Daryl, um, because I've known Daryl in the gym longer, uh, than you, Rod. But seeing seeing him come through, like everybody got that starting point. I remember, pretty bad, yeah. I'm about to say, I just, I'm glad he said, it. I ain't gonna say, I'm about bad. to bring up an example. I'm like, it's not worth it. Nick already embarrassed himself. <laughs> I made, I made a lot of strides. You see, he tried to embarrass me earlier. Ryan embarrassed you, bro. I don't understand. I ain't gonna do that, Durant. Hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah I ain't gonna exactly. do that, Durant. So exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you in the gym, man. Getting that smoke, uh, oh, just okay. like, just like the fellas, man. So, uh, let's go ahead and get into some draft talk. But before we do. Uh, whatever way you're watching, whatever way you're listening, make sure you hit that follow button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit the like button. All that good stuff. All positivity for the Trapper Die podcast. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. We did get a rating, uh, excuse me, a review recently. And I meant to say it on the commander side as well, but I'll read it here and kind of give an explanation as to what's going on. <laughs> so um, BT47, I did see your mention on Twitter as well, but on the podcast, he said, where is the NFC East mixtape? Where did it go? Uh, he said he gave us five stars, so we appreciate that, but also said don't make me go follow <laughs> another team page to get it, which makes sense. But for those who don't know, SB Nation um, or Hogs Haven is independent in terms of the podcast side. It's independent uh, to Vox Media because of the, the whole Vox Media news uh, over like a month or two ago. There is like a lot of pod, pod, podcasts and even some blog sites um, were discontinued because of the, the finance situation and all those things. So uh, that's all that is. So um, you don't get the NFC East mixtapes on the Trapper Dive podcast anymore. Uh, you're only going to get that on Blogging the Boys. Actually, for the NFC East, all other three NFC East podcasts. So you can find it, find them on there. Um, but yeah, I don't mean leave trap or dive, man. Don't do that. You still gonna you still gonna get your scans content, you still gonna get your all 32 stuff. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the draft talk with Ian. <clears throat> um, look, before I get into my my favorite offensive position group, uh, let's talk about quarterbacks. My favorite is, is wide receiver. Um, uh, but for quarterbacks, uh, what does the quarterbacks rankings look like for uh for, for you this year? Um, and I guess I'll leave it with the blanket term because i have some questions about one person in particular uh who i hear a lot of and i'm i'm actually turning the corner on him too myself in a positive way uh but overall what does the quarterback position group look like for you this year how are you ranking things how are you evaluating that position group 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say um, the top four is separated from the rest of the pack. You got um, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. Those are my top three, and those guys are all clustered together very close. Um, I've gone back and forth on Richardson and 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 Stroud, and I even had Young my QB one for a little bit there. I've I've been the most indecisive person then when it comes to those three because they all bring very good qualities to the table. I think I'm settling on Stroud as my QB one. I think um. Richardson provides the highest ceiling for sure. I think Young provides the highest floor. You talk about the creative instincts that he has, the it factor under pressure and chaotic situations. But I think Stroud has the best mix of upside and safety as a prospect. Um, so I think I would give him the the nod there. I think um, especially in that Georgia game to close out his career. You know, I think one of the biggest questions for Stroud was his ability to create, you know, off script, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I do think he has the necessary athleticism for it. I think it's more a matter of comfort for him. You know, he's, he's not super comfortable in that phase right now, the way that young is and the way that Richardson is, but he does have the mobility to do it. He has the off platform throwing ability. We saw him generate velocity off platform and he's got good arm talent. You know, it's not, explosive arm talent like will levis or richardson you know he doesn't quite have a cannon but he can generate pace very easily you know and he can layer throws into tight windows i love stroud's eye manipulation anticipation over the middle of the field i think he has a lot to offer you know so i I, i'm a big fan of all those guys you know a rich is i do think is a higher floor than it's insinuated you know i think that athleticism that he has can help him out early on and then he's got a cannon you know his upside is through the roof and then bryce young you know the size is an outlier but I think he has the traits to, you know, be the exception to the rule because he's very, very intelligent, very instinctive. Uh, and especially over the middle of the field, he can process well, you know, off script. The creation ability is just uncanny for him. And he's not an explosive athlete like Kyler Murray, but he can create, you know, he can keep things in control, you know, very smooth the way he does it, very effortless. So those three are at the top of my board. Will Levis is fourth in my quarterback rankings. You know, he's a little bit farther down, but he's still in the first round conversation. I like the arm talent with him. I like the toughness, the the, the uh, poise. You know, I, I like the athleticism as well. And then Hendon Hooker, even farther down. You know, there's a gap between him and the first four, but he's my fifth quarterback. So that's how I got it. And then you got guys like Clayton Toon, uh, Jake Hayner, Dorian Thompson Robinson. But those guys are all kind of in the day three range. So that's what you're looking at for Q- QB. So – one of my I had a couple now that I think about it, but one of my guys that I was going to bring up was CJ CJ Stroud. And um, while I haven't watched many quarterbacks uh, in this class in full detail, um, including Stroud, uh, I, I have an idea like this theory just based on the games that I've watched that this isn't even the prototypical mode of an OSU quarterback. Like you you get a lot of guys that come into OSU and um, like they're built off. I mean, of course they have a, a solid arm, but and and maybe even Dwayne Haskins was an exception as well in that theory, even though he only played one season. But like a lot of these guys are more athletic than anything else. Um, obviously they have good arms, but like their athleticism like stands out. And and CJ isn't unathletic, but like his arm is the thing that that makes him move. Um, and like is this a, a quarterback where you look at him and you say, um, he could or he has the highest potential to prototypical like break the prototypical mold of an OSU quarterback coming out because these are guys who when they come in the league for whatever reason it is just all of a sudden just no no more no more excitement no more um elite level college play transferring to the NFL level like they like they have their struggles for whatever that may be uh, what do you think about CJ I mean obviously you you broke it down but in the sense of like being able to be a consistent Maybe even I'll give him a top 12 quarterback. I'm not going to say top five, top three, 
a top 12 quarterback in the NFL, Pro Bowl level potential. Like, is that what you see in CJ Stroud? I do think he can get to that point, you know, and I do want to preface with this. I think, you know, you have to be, and I know you're not doing this. You got to be wary of scouting the helmet, you know, yeah. with any position, any school, you know, Ohio State QBs, it's been a big thing. You know, there's been Alabama QB talk as well in recent cycles, right? So, you know, every school that's had a bust, a QB, you know, someone's going to bring it up and say, oh, well, this guy didn't work out, right? So it's one of those things, you know, every prospect, you know, even if they come from the same school, the same supporting, you know, system, right? Every prospect is different, way different. You know, there's so many different nuances and variables. And Justin Fields is one guy, too. I mean, the situation at the enter in the NFL is different, right? And that plays a big role, too. Like Justin Fields coming in, you know, the Chicago Bears, it was not a great situation for him with Matt Nagy. And then once Nagy got fired and they brought on Eberflus and, you know, the roster was still going through a big transition period to start the year, didn't have a lot of supporting talent, right? But he started to rely on his athleticism and we saw him start to trend up. So every prospect is different. Every career trajectory is different. With that being said, you know, you mentioned I, I do I, I do think it's a good point that a lot of Ohio State QBs don't produce right away in the NFL. You know, I don't think that's a common thread for Ohio State QBs. I don't think it's a common thread to make, but I do think Stroud can start to break that. You know, I, I do think he has the traits to do it. And, you know, I think it's really interesting because you mentioned he does have the athleticism. You know, I think the curious thing with him is that he doesn't rely on that athleticism. Yeah. Like there's there's a long touchdown from 2021. I think it was over 50 yards, right, where he got an open space and he actually had speed, you know. So it's one of those things where when he needs to use it, he can, but he doesn't rely on it because he's a very good sound decision maker. He's a quick processor. He's accurate. You know, I think he has all the tools to be a very good pocket operator. But on top of that, too, once he gets more comfortable working in chaotic situations, I really like the upside that he has to kind of add that dynamic to his game. So to your point, I think he can start to succeed early on. I think especially, you know, like any quarterback and like Justin Fields, like any Ohio State quarterback before him, it does depend on situation, right? Like I'll be a little more excited for him if he goes to the Panthers rather than, you know, what if he fell to three and the Raiders traded up for him? Then I'd be a little more apprehensive, right? But I think the Panthers have a really good supporting cast for him, a really good supporting system. I love how he would translate in that Shanahan-based Texans offense. Uh, the Colts and Shane Steichen would be a great fit for him too. So, you know, I'm, I'm fairly bullish on most of the landing spots for him. And I think that, but especially CJ Stroud himself, has the tools to make it work. All right, so last one for quarterback for me. Um, actually, let's kind of merge this in together. Uh, so it's, it's a it's a two-parter in a sense uh, for my boy, Ryan. Um what will it take by like, what type of system will it take for for Richardson to be uh, successful on the next level like immediately um what what do you think that that may be uh but secondly does uh an offense like uh the Tennessee Titans um if he makes it to number 11 uh, does that make sense there for uh, for for the Titans uh knowing their quarterback situation right now they just drafted Malik Cooper I mean uh, Malik Willis last year albeit a third round pick so that really holds little merit um you can move on from a third round pick but obviously ryan Tannehill as well um and in his contract con contractual situation uh it leaves a little window of like can we move on from him i don't know but what do you think about anthony richardson his the best fit on the next level and then does it make sense for uh tennessee to grab him at 11 if he's there mm -hmm. yeah i think um for Richardson, you got to start with the, you know, obviously the athleticism is what people gravitate to. But I, I do want to give him more credit because I think um, he, like I said earlier, I think he's a higher floor than people let on sometimes. Yep. You know, I think um, 
the mechanics sometimes he's out of sync mechanically sometimes the accuracy can be a bit you know up and down because of that and i think you know i think it's more trajectory you know desertion for him as opposed to mechanics he actually has pretty good upper body mechanics it's more you know a synergy thing you know sometimes the lower and upper body are out of sync but you know i do think he's trending up mechanically and more importantly you know with a quarterback you look for the mental building blocks the mental positive signs you know on the field anticipation over the middle of the field using your eyes to hold defenders and keep windows open right pocket navigation he is superb at navigating the pocket. And I think that's something that goes overlooked in his game. Not only does he have the mobility to do it, but he's very instinctive at, you know, feeling the rush and sidestepping rushers and creating space with micro movements uh, and, you know, keeping his eyes up and scanning the field as he does. So, you know, quarterbacks, it's very difficult to multitask and do that. And you see uh, Sam Howell, you know, I, I hate to rag on the commander's guy. I do think he has upside, but one of the biggest, bigger knocks on him coming out was that if he felt pressure, he would drop his eyes and run, right? You know, Will Levis, kind of a similar thing where sometimes when he feels pressure, he'll freeze up, right? You know, how you encounter pressure, how you deal with it is such a big thing because you're going to encounter it. You know, you need to be able to navigate and, and keep your eyes up and, you know, stay composed through the entirety of the play. And Richardson, Richardson has shown that he can do that, right? And then on top of that, he's got the running ability. Uh, to your question, you know, what scheme would he fit best? Uh, I looked at the Colts and Shane Steichen as a really good blueprint. You know, you saw how Steichen utilized Jalen Hurts early in his career, you know, really building around his ability as a runner. And I think that's a great way to not only maximize Richardson's skill set, but also open up opportunities in the passing game too. you know, flush the defense into the short third and then start to open up opportunities where he can use his strong arm and get that verticality in there. You know, I think building around his elite running ability is a great way to put the defense in this endless tug of war. Right. You know, I, I just love the idea of that. I think that Shane Steichen in particular is a coach who has experience with that kind of talent, knows how to utilize that. Could the Titans take him at number 11? I don't think he makes it to number 11. I don't think he makes it out of the top five. Mm, I think okay. if you're the Titans, you need to trade up to number three to get him because if he's there at number four, he is tailor-made for that Colts offense. So I could see the Colts trading up one spot to three just to make sure they get him if they really, really like him. You know, It's going to be interesting to see what happens because there's so many different potential outcomes. But I think the Titans would have to trade up to do it as opposed to you know whether they should. I don't know, man. I mean, I wasn't super high on Malik Willis last cycle. You know, I, there's a similar conversation to be had about the athletic tools, right? But I think Anthony Richardson shows a lot more potential with his processing, right? I think Malik Willis got into chaotic situations and was very uncontrolled. The field vision was not close to, you know, being as consistent. And Richardson some, sometimes has lapses there. But I think there's a lot more promise with Richardson as opposed to Willis. And Willis was older coming out. Uh, you know, he does have potential, but I think... You know, it's going to take a little bit more for him. I see a, a, an easier path to growth for Richardson. And so that's why, you know, I would be willing to do it, right? Uh, I think it's going to take a lot of capital. And that's the tough part, right? Because there's a lot of teams that are trying to gun for that third spot. And you're not going to be able to get him sitting at 11. So it'll be interesting to see. But if I'm the Titans, you know, you got a roster that's starting to get ready to compete, right? You've added pieces in free agency. You know, I think you do have to be aggressive if you really, really like the guy. And if you do have a plan for him. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, you know, Ian, I'm glad you're here, man. Um, I will say uh, I know your expertise is in college, uh, players coming out to the draft. And um, like you already mentioned, we're sitting at 11. You know, given given the fact, like you said, if, if we actually wanted to uh, grab one of these quarterbacks, we would have to go up to three, which our name has been, you know, in the rumors of potentially making that move. 
but you know, just bear with me for a second, because you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if um you're very familiar with our roster, but I feel like you know you did mention that some of the three edges we picked up, but our wide receiving core is very it's very uh mediocre. To, to say, to, bro, just say to, it, y'all suck. To say to say the yeah, least, that's all you had to say, bro. Y'all not good. Just relax. I was more I was more thinking about the defense. I think I think oh, yeah, um yeah, like yeah, Arden yeah, Key, yeah. Danico Autry, um sure. the the secondary, I, right? Yeah, but the the offense is definitely you know Traylon Burks is it's basically sure. it, and he's still got to develop. So yeah, I think. Yeah, you're right. It's it's not quite there, right? I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was thinking like you right. know, get a guy in a runway. Yeah. So you know, my list is a look as far as how you have the top four rank. We're slightly on the same page, except like one or two spots. But um, you know, just given our history and you know, you've been talking about the the high potential of Richardson, which he does have a high ceiling. But our draft history, we took Jake Locker at eight, who also had a lot of potential, didn't pan out. Took Mariota at two. Had a lot of potential, didn't pan out. Malik Willis um, was high on a lot of people's draft boards. I don't think a lot of people thought that he would drop to the third round. But as as you mentioned, had very poor mechanics and in this in the few starts that he had, um, still a project, still you know potential. But I'm just of the mindset that if we all can keep Ryan Tannehill at the contract that he is, which I don't think is worth the money, but I would much rather take. A player like uh, I don't know if Ma had a question about the next position group wide receivers, but I just no, kind of we'll we'll get your, that quarterback for a minute. Go ahead. Kind of wanted to hear your insight because who I think is our best fit for our team, the way it's built right now, we need to start a wide receiver, and I like um, Jackson and Jigba Smith a lot. I don't know if I said his last name backwards, but Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm high on him. I just kind of wanted to hear what you thought about him, and you know his potential yeah for sure he's he's one of my top two receivers it's him and, and quentin johnson that top two for me uh, i'm a big fan of him and i'm a big fan of the fit i actually just mocked him to uh the titans in my latest seven round so, exactly we're on the same page man yeah you know going <laughs> circling back to the quarterback conversation real quick because i do think you know ultimately if you if i had to get off the fence and make a decision for the titans i would probably stick with what you got for one year you know maybe look at the 2024 crop because you know maybe that's ultimately what's the better option for you um but i do think you know especially with that receiving core because Traylon burks has wide receiver one upside that's the key upside for him he was always going to take some development right i feel like getting a target funnel type like jackson smith and jigba you can insert him into the slot on day one and he can just be a immediate separator elite separator for you you know kind of that safety blanket for whoever your qb is i feel like every wide receiver core needs that right because that takes pressure off your wide receiver one type allows them to isolate one-on-one matchups right and smith and jigba you know i wasn't as high on him to start the process because i didn't see elite long speed i didn't see elite explosiveness but the more you watch him you know he does have an elite trait to build around athletically and that's his agility his short area agility i mean he separates he can cut on a dime change of direction is very smooth uh, and then on top of that, he knows how to use it as a route runner, spatial manipulation, you know, really pressing into stems, you know, manipulating defensive backs at the catch point, phenomenal catching instincts and body control, really strong hands. You know, some of the acrobatic catches that he made, yeah, I, you know, it, it's insane to think about, but he has really good body control on top of that, you know, two phases of receiving play, uh, separating before the catch and converting at the catch. He's very good there. And then he's a pretty slippery after the catch threat, too. So I think he's a very complete receiver. You know, I think he's a guy who can come in right away and be a safety blanket, target funnel, whatever term you want to use. Uh, and especially for the Titans, who really need that reliability more than most, I could definitely see that being a good fit. 
So let's ask. I want to get your opinion. So let's see, let's do two prospects receivers day one, day two, and day three. Um, two each day. Uh, who do you like? Who are some of your guys? Obviously, Jackson is going to be one for day one. But who is your your other one? If you had to name one as your top two for day one, uh, who who will be your top two for day two, and who do you think will be your top two for day three? Uh, just obviously from projection based uh, in terms of where they should or where they may end up. But but where do, what are some of those guys for receiver size? That's a tough question, man. There's so many guys that I want to name. Yeah, you know, it I think is. This, I think this receiver class. You can go bad. look. I'll give you the floor. You can you can you can do more than two. Um, look, the floor is yours. Say how much time you need, but. It is. I, I tried to narrow it down a bit. I, and with a thousand receivers coming out every year, that probably just didn't help. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's one of the most it's one of the highest volume positions every yeah. year, man. It, it, it kind of sucks because like you got to comb through so many guys. But there is a lot of talent on earth and a lot of gems to be found. You know, uh, I got I got to bring up Quentin Johnson real quick because he is in that top two for me. I know the discourse has been really pretty polarizing on him and I do concede. He has room to refine his game. I do think he's underrated as a route runner. You know, I think he has he's, – he's shown flashes of, you know, being able to press up into stems, really good stopping ability. I mean, on some of his comeback routes, he'll take two or three steps and he's decelerated from full speed, you know, and he's sinking his hips very well. Uh, the hip sink and flexibility for his size is unreal, you know, and that's one reason I'm willing to bank on that is he has high-level route running building blocks. You can develop that, you know, and on top of that, you know, his hand technique can improve at the catch point, but – He's got the wingspan. So I think, you know, teach him to use it. He's a very good run after catch threat. Uh, I'm a big fan of his upside. So he's in that tier for me. Uh, but a couple other guys in the round one, round two range, uh, Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, big fan of both those guys. Okay. I come Zay Flowers to say Santana Moss. I, I think he's mm. got a very energetic play style with his athleticism. Uh, again, change Dallas, direction. Yep, he's got great looking for a guy. I hope, I hope not, man. Hey, you know, they got Brandon Cooks. So hopefully that kind of yeah, steers yeah, them yeah. away. We'll see. But uh I'm a big fan of him, you know, the separation <laughs> style, the run after catch, and he's got great body control. Josh Downs kind of reminds me of, of Doug Baldwin a little bit. I think he'd be that slot warrior. You know, he's a great separator, uh, very good spatial awareness, you know, along with the lateral twitch and the explosiveness. Uh, Cedric Tillman, Tennessee, we'll go to round mm-hmm. two, day two now. Uh, he's one of my favorite receivers. He's actually a top three receiver for me in the class behind Smith and Jigbun Johnson. So, uh, I'm a big fan of him. He's an elite producer in 2021, uh, but he's around 6'3", 215. Uh, I comp him to uh, Michael Pittman Jr., you know, one of those guys who's pretty streamlined as an athlete, you know, for his size. But he's got great foot speed, great hip sync. Um, he's got really underrated route nuance for his size. Usually with a 6'3 guy, you're talking about an alpha at the contested catch point, which he can he can convert in 50-50 situations better than most. But he's a great separator, too. I'm a big fan of that element of his game. I'm, I'm combing through the names in my head now. Uh, J- Jaden Reed from Michigan State is another day two guy that I really like. Uh, he's a little undersized, around 5'11", 180s, I want to say. Uh, but he's another guy who's got great deep speed, and he can threaten defenses vertically. But he's also a great route runner. And at the catch point, again, you know, he's very good at po- putting himself in position. You know, his feel per- for positioning is one of the best in the class, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, his ability to make acrobatic catches at the catch point, you know, he, for his size, it's uncanny. You don't see guys like at that size make those kinds of adjustments, but he can do it very well. Uh, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, another day two uh, guy, yeah. uh, around 6'3", 200. Uh, but another guy who, you know, at the Shrine Bowl, he put on a clinic with his separation ability. I mean, this is a guy who has very good lateral twitch, foot speed for his size. Um, I don't think he's an elite, you know, athlete in terms of his explosiveness out of breaks. He tested very well. I want to see him channel it more often. 
but he's another guy who has that lateral agility for his size. And again, he's very good at using physicality through stems, right? It's not just route running. Isn't just, you know, using your athleticism and agility. It's also using physicality, you know, arm swipes, whatever it may be to fight through contact with the stem and break free. And he's very good at doing that in targeted bouts. You don't want to be pushing and shoving guys constantly because you'll get called for flags, but he's very good at knowing when to use his arms, when to break free. And then he's another guy who's very, very good at converting at the catch point. Day three, I think uh, Demario Douglas from Liberty is one guy that'll bring Liberty. up. He's around, he's undersized. He's around 5'8, 170. So, you know, he's a guy who's going to be in a niche role at the next level, maybe a slot guy, but another guy who ran in the 4'4 range, explosive athlete, and uh, a very good separator. But I think one of the things that stands out for him is that for his size, a very natural catcher of the football. You know, sometimes with guys who are 5'8, 5'9, you worry how they're going to convert in contested situations. You worry how natural they are extending beyond their frame. And he's very natural. I mean, he ran the gauntlet drill at the combine, didn't drop a pass, was catching it in stride without losing speed. And at the Shrine Bowl, too, he showed that, man. You know, he can run routes, he can separate. And then when the ball comes his way, he's very, very natural at extending beyond his frame. And, you know, once he's in open space, that speed, very, very tough to deal with. So those are a few. I want to get one more day three guy. Hang on. I got a list mm-hmm. here. I'm gonna through it. SMU. Rasheed Rice, yeah, yeah, that's one. That's one. I, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, I think. Um, okay, yeah, I'm looking at him too. Yeah, I grade. I I I don't grade receivers this way, but I kind of try and look through, mm-hmm. look at them through the three level threat framework. That's kind of what I call mm-hmm. it. You know, what can you do before the catch? What can you do at the catch point? And what can you do after the catch? And I think Rasheed Rice is one of the more exciting receivers within that framework. Um, his route running. Is a little raw right now. You know, he's got he's shown flashes, but an important caveat with him is that he played a lot of the 2022 season with a foot injury. So I think that affected his his efficiency at times. But at the catch point, man, he's another guy. I think he drew he drew a lot of pass interference penalties, man. I mean, he's one of those guys who he's got the length. I think he's got over 32 inch arms, so he can outreach defensive backs. But then his body control, again, his vertical athleticism, his flexibility to contort, you know, put himself in position. Uh, is very, very strong. You know, he's very natural at, you know, one thing that you don't want to see receivers do is body catch, right? I do yeah. think he has some focus drops sometimes, but you won't see body catches from him. He he will extend beyond his frame. He'll get his hands on it, you know, and he can convert. And then after the catch too, he's got the frame density. I think he's around 6'1", over 200 pounds. So he's got great frame density, good contact balance, can churn through arm tackles. I love that part of his game. And I think, you know, once he gets fully healthy, we'll start to see that explosiveness translate on the field because he tested with, I think, a 41-inch vertical over 11-inch broad, so 11-foot broad. So he's got the explosiveness. He's got the twitch. Uh, I'm a big fan of his upside at the next level. Nick, y'all need offensive line, right? Y'all still need offensive line? No, we're pretty good on offensive line. We need to replace our uh, fullback one we just let go um, in Ezekiel (laughs) Elliott. So uh, (laughs) I do have (laughs) one question. Um, outside of uh B. John Robinson, um, what's two part of that? Do you think any running backs will go in the first round? And then, if not, who are some guys to look at it like probably day two besides uh, my guy Chase Brown? Chase Brown's a good one, man. I gotta, I gotta, yeah, he's he's a guy who, um, I gotta bring him up. I gotta talk about him now that you mentioned him because he's he's a fun player, you know. I think he's more of a linear guy, north to south, but I mean, he's a guy who's no nonsense, you know, he gets upfield quick, very explosive, very dense, he's got good contact balance. Uh, I like him a lot, you know, in that late day two, early day three range. He can be a great value pick for you. But uh, to your first question, uh, any r- running backs in round one, aside from Bijan, 
it's tough. I think Jameer Gibbs is the best chance. You know, I, usually I would err on the side of less running backs in round one just because of positional value, right? That that whole spiel. But, you know, I do think Jameer Gibbs, what he did at Alabama uh, really helped him out a lot. I think, you know, not just the running ability, but distinguishing himself as a potentially elite receiving threat too. you know, the modern NFL what you can do if you can do more as a running back if you can be versatile you know that helps you a lot and jameer gibbs showed he could split out wide you know he can line up at the slot he can separate as a route runner and he can make plays at the catch point like a wide receiver can so i think that's going to help him out a lot because you look at his natural running ability too he's got vision he's got creative instincts he's got insane burst out of his cuts uh, i mean he gears up better than anyone in this class in my opinion so i could see him going round one you know, if the board falls that way, that's kind of another factor is how the board falls. But there's a chance for sure. You know, and I think moving to day two, some other running backs that I do like uh, my running back three tank Bigsby from Auburn. Mm. I like him a lot around 5'11, 215 pounds. He ran in the four fours at his pro day. So probably a four five. Right. But still good enough speed. You know, with running backs, you're not too worried about the long speed. What you're more worried about is the explosiveness through the through our gaps. And I think he's got that for sure. But one thing that really enamors me with Tank Bigsby's game is, you know, how flexible he is in and out of his cuts. This is a guy who can go from lateral to vertical very quickly. And that helps when you're manipulating at the second level, you know, moving from second to third. You know, he's a guy who can really change directions very effortlessly for his size. And then he's got great contact balance, physicality. And that Auburn offensive line did not help him out a lot. I think getting behind an NFL offensive line will be a big assist for him. And then one more guy that I really like, Kendra Miller from TCU. Um, he's got, you know, he can be a little more efficient sometimes. So dance around a bit too much behind the line. But another guy with great change of direction, great lateral twitch, and his contact balance is fun too. I mean, he's a guy who's constantly churning his legs, breaking through contact, you know, breaking through tackles and extending runs. And that's a big part of his game. And he's a very natural receiver too. He didn't always showcase it in that TCU offense, but he can extend beyond his frame. He can make tough adjustments and then be a rack threat. So, Big fan of him. Uh, Tajay Spears from Tulane, another yeah. one who's who's uh, big on my board. I think I have him at fifth overall in that running back group. But um, just another explosive guy, you know, who's very uh, dynamic out of his cuts, very dynamic heading downfield. And the short area twitch, again, big thing with him. This is a common thread. I like guys who can change direction quickly. I like guys who can explode downhill. Uh, having the vision to help with that, too, and work downhill efficiently is good. And Spears definitely has that. But he's also a phenomenal receiver. Um, I think this running back class is one of the better ones we've seen. It's uh, It's got a lot of depth, too, but a lot of day two talent, guys that could be very valuable parts of rotation early on. Yeah, um, and I only got a couple more questions for you, boss, man. But to, like, Nick's point with the running back question, um, tight end is something similar. Like, I was actually uh, – the, the last show, um, I was I was speaking about running back and tight end position group. Uh, both of those like being molded together, like you don't really see either positions being valued in those first two rounds. Like over the last, I, if I had to blindly say it, probably like the last decade, I would I would say like you don't really see running backs and tight ends being drafted in those first two rounds. Um, yet, like there's several who I mean who are I mean they're obviously um, even the first round. I'll just say this: um, the first round is kind of mixy. Um, but you know, you're guaranteed some type of talent, like some top talent. And it's, and it's obviously like unquestionable, like probably the better in the, in the group. And then after that is some quote, like perceived drop off, whatever point being, when you look at tight end this year, um, you mentioned your running backs, but when you look at tight end, uh, there's a crop out there that's, that's 
interesting um, to the point where you can see a couple guys go out in the first round. But my question is to you, Ian, uh, do we see multiple tight ends come out uh, this year in the first round? Uh, but secondly, what do you think about the group overall? Um, uh, who are your who are your favorites? Who are some who are you thinking somebody that can be an immediate impact? Um, and I guess I'll leave it there for now. But but what are you thinking about this tight end group? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's two guys in the first round conversation: uh, Dalton Kincaid from Utah and Michael Mayer from North- Notre Dame. Maybe Darnell Washington breaks in. You know, I know the size and the athletic testing very appealing for sure. Uh, it'll be an outside chance for me. I- I'm not sure if he does. I think. You know, the route running, his athleticism doesn't quite translate in that phase for me. You know, I think that's something that'll kind of steer guys clear. That's my he, thing. Like, first round, are you you spending the first yeah. round on what he provides? And, and what he provides is really good, but it's yeah. like what he doesn't provide is like, I, I need a Dalton Kincaid or something in the first round. Like, his athletic ability, his route yeah. running ability. If I'm going to go tight end first round, I can't take no inline blocker. No disrespect to him because they're valuable. But at the same time, <laughs> 16, for us, 16, no, can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, one thing I like to say, the the idea of Darnell Washington right now is more appealing than Darnell Washington himself. I mean, he's got good athleticism for his size, for <laughs> sure. You know, he's got he's a great. Blo- he's an elite blocker. You cannot take that away from him. I mean, he's so fun to watch as a blocker. But, you know, as a route runner, you know, the athleticism to me doesn't quite translate yet. You know, he's pretty lumbering in space. He's not sharp on his cuts. He can't sink very well. Uh, and then he doesn't sustain bursts out of his transitions very well. And then, you know, even one of the other areas where he's going to present appeal. It's a red zone threat, you know, with his size and length. He's a clap catcher. You know, he, he's not supernatural at attacking the ball and guiding it in. You know, sometimes he'll clap it, and that can be a source of drops, right? So I think there's a lot of room for refinement for him before he can be he can be who we want him to be. But, you know, he's I, I think on day two is where the value is for him. But going back to Kincaid and Mayer, you know, those are the two guys that are separated from me. I'm a huge fan of Kincaid. I mean, you talk about, you know, Washington not being supernatural attacking the football. Kincaid might be the best in the entire class, wide receivers or tight ends at attacking the football. I mean, he's so natural at extending beyond his frame. You know, his sense of timing is impeccable. The contortion ability, the coordination, you know, he is so good at converting at the catch point. But then his athleticism, too. I mean, he's explosive up the seam. He's very flexible as a route runner. You know, I think Mayer is a little more nuanced when it comes to route running. Mayer is actually pretty underrated there. You know, he's not quite as explosive or flexible as Kincaid is, but I think his functional athleticism and foot speed is good, you know, and then heading into stems, he's very good at pressing into stems, using the entirety of the space he has and using his physicality to break through uh, tight coverage. You know, I think that's a big part of it. But I think both of those guys provide a lot of appeal in the early rounds. And those are the two that are kind of separated from me going down the board, man. Other guys that are, you know, it, it, this is. Yeah. You know, we talked about it with the running back class and it's very similar to the tight end group. Uh, there's a lot of depth, for, you know, wherever you want one. You know, I think a lot of different player types, too. Uh, just off the top of my head, man, Tucker Craft from South Dakota State is one that I like a lot. I think he's one of those guys who can be a seam threat with his athleticism, but he's one of the better run-after-catch guys in the class, too, because he's got very good leg churn through contact, very good contact balance, really dense frame. And, um, you know, especially for a team like the Dolphins, that's a fit that I like for him. Uh, Sam Laporta from Iowa. You know, I don't think he's quite as dynamic as he tested. But um, I think he's another really well-rounded guy. You know, can come in and be a high-floor tight end right out of the gate. Another nuanced route runner with good run after catch ability. Uh, Luke Musgrave, you know, I think he's another one where the idea of him is better than him right now. But he's an explosive guy. You know, he's explosive, very flexible, too. He can use curvilinear acceleration to really explode through seams and kind of, you know, 
uh, attack angles in the deep third. And I love that part of his game. Um, and then I'm trying to, you know, I'm going through the names in my head. Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan is another one that I'm a big fan of. You know, he's a smooth athlete, tested very well. Um, and I think that Michigan offense didn't always showcase his ability as a receiver. You know, he's a phenomenal blocker, a uh, very assignment sound, knows what he's doing, very good angle awareness, very good physicality. But then as a route runner, too, there's some really good flashes where he's sustaining his burst through cuts, uh, you know, using his hands to convert the catch points. So uh, you can go down the list. But this tight end group, man, I'm, I'm a big fan of the depth there. Brenton Strange from Penn State, another one who can, you know, convert the catch point, run after mm-hmm. catch. You know, I think, you know, at whatever at whatever round you need one, there's going to be an option there. Zach Coons from Old Dominion, you know, a, a little raw from an athletic standpoint, but all the athletic tools are there for him. Another scene buster, right? You know, whatever type you need, there's a lot of different player types for you. And I think that's going to be a fun element of this class, you know, seeing where guys land. And, you know, if there's any UDFAs, there could be gems in that range too. You know, I think it's a, a deep class with a lot of different player types and a lot of valuable variety for teams. I'm glad you mentioned, uh, Brandon, because I was a little, I'm, 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 I'm about to tap into him this week. So, uh, I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I, I was a little biased. I, I saw his stats before I looked at him. I was like, I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I should, if I should pick him when I'm a little time limited. <laughs> but, but, um, you gave me, you gave me a little boost. So I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and check him out for sure. Uh, but listen, before we get out of here, I uh, appreciate your time as always. And your last thing for me, uh, for you got because we didn't talk about defense side of football. So I want to make sure you tap in on that side. Give us your four prospects. Um your four favorite prospects. So you don't even have to, they don't even have to be one, two, three on your board, but your four favorite prospects um, on the defense side of the football, uh, who are those people that, 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 that are your favorite as you've watched them over the past X amount of months? This is a tough one, man. I'm, I'm about to pull up my big board here. You know, I'm, mm. I'm not going to go with the four. I'm not going to go with the four best. You know, I think that's a little, you know, that's a little cliche, right? We'll go with just four guys that I'm higher on. I'm trying to get through it. Okay. Um, I'll start with Derek Hall, edge rusher from Auburn. Um, he's a guy that kind of not this isn't a player comp, but you know, similar archetype. He reminds me a little bit of Arnold Ebicady from Penn State last cycle, who was in the second round of the Falcons. Um, he's around 6'3, 255, but I think he's got over 34 inch arms. And that combination of natural leverage and proportional length is very valuable on the edge. You know, that's a guy who has a really good power profile, very explosive off the line. But he's shown that he can stack rip moves off of bull rushes, right? He's shown he can kind of stack counters there too. So I'm a big fan of his upside within that within that role. Uh, Carrington Valentine from Kentucky is one guy that I'm pretty partial to. Um, around six foot, he's a true junior. He declared early, um, and he doesn't get a lot of buzz. I think this corner class is is so deep that you know he'll fall fall under the radar. But um, six foot, one ninety three pounds, over thirty two inch arms, very explosive athlete. He tested with a thirty nine inch vertical. I think a ten eight broad. Uh, ran in the four fours. Um, and he's a guy who on tape, one of the most physical players in this draft on tape, Carrington Valentine from Kentucky. I mean, he gets right in your grill. He will compete to the final whistle against the run, against the pass. Um, that aggressiveness can hurt him at times, especially as a pass defender. Sometimes he'll bite on routes when he shouldn't, you know, and kind of give up big plays. So he's a gambler, you know, and he's kind of young and experienced in that element. You know, you're going to need to coach that out of him. But he's willing to make plays, man. And he's actually very twitchy, very fleet-footed athlete. Um, I think if you can continue to work up his technique, he can be a high-level starter for you because he's got that athleticism, he's got the playmaking ability, and he is a massive chip on his shoulder. So I'm a big fan of his upside at the next level. Sticking with the corner group, Corey Trice from Purdue is one that I'm a big fan of. 
six foot three, two oh six. I think he measured in with around thirty two inch arms. I want to say, uh, but he he ran in the four fours. He tested extremely well, and I think the big thing with him, you know, he's explosive. He's got good long speed. But Corey Trice at six foot three had a six point seven three cone. That is insane, you know, for his size. With six foot three guys, you know, especially cornerbacks. The uh, the biggest issue for you is, you know, can you sink your hips? Can you transition? Right. You know, and Tariq Woolen is one guy who came out, you know, he could do it. It was consistency. That was the issue for him. But, you know, I look at Corey Trice and I see another guy who can really transition, can flip his hips with ease, get upfield, carry guys. And, you know, I think he's got that upside for sure. Um, I, I want to pick a fourth guy, man. It's tough. Texas defensive tackle, Moro Ajomo. That's my fourth. Um, he was at the Shrine Bowl and he put on a dominant showing at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, he's around six foot two, six foot three, 293 pounds, over 34 inch arms. So, again, natural leverage, proportional length, and that power profile is insane, man. He's still got to refine his game as a pass rusher, but he's a phenomenal run defender. He can re- acquire leverage and hold the line. And his power as a pass rusher, I mean, if you isolate one on one opportunities for him, he's going to barrel through that guard, man. He's got insane displacement capacity. So, Big fan of him. I think he tested with a five around five forty yard dash, uh, thirty three inch vertical. Very good explosiveness for his size. So, uh, you know, upside is a big thing for me. You're drafting them for what they can be, not what they are right now. And those four guys are are four that stand out to me as you know very upside driven prospects. That sounds uh, the last guy that you mentioned from Texas. Um, is he is he like a is he spacing out to to like three Texans? Like, is he versatile on that defensive line? Like, what's he is. Yeah, okay, he can he play. Uh, he's he played three tech. He played five tech. He rotated between those spots usually, but he can play both. You know, I think okay. um, you know, you use him based on situational matchups, right? I think he translates best to the three tech or four eye at the next level, okay. and maybe slide him into two eye. But he's got versatility for sure. Okay, and man, look, I I, I shot for I shot for twenty and, and and didn't realize how much time we had you on. So I, I appreciate you uh, your patience. I appreciate you chopping it up with us, man. I want to give you the floor now. As always, man, plug talk. Let the people know what you got going on, where they can find you, read from you, hear from you, all that good stuff. Yes, sir. So got the new handle. It's uh, down below me right there at IC underscore draft. You can follow all my content there. I uh, just released a full seven-round mock. So that'll be my last one for the cycle. So if you want to see who your team picked, go ahead and, and check that out. But uh, I think Tennessee got both JSN and Moro Jomo. So I was a, I was partial to the Titans class there. But uh, yeah, check <laughs> Check that out for sure. I'm gonna check uh, you I'm, out for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then we're um updating scouting reports, going all the way up to the NFL draft. So we'll, we'll have new top ten positional groupings out, you know. But until then, man, it's just regrading, reevaluating, and just kind of hanging on for the ride because no matter how much preparation you do, you never expect what's gonna happen. So that'll be the fun part. And then it's on to 2024 after that. But in the meantime, we got 2023 coming up. So keep an eye out for all the draft content over at PFN. We are. We are gearing up, man. It's it's the best time of year, but uh, we're living for it. So, look, this y'all Christmas, man. Y'all yes, y'all live for these moments. <laughs> you do a good job, though, bro. I've been, you know, you know how long I've been locked in. So it, it is what it is. Uh, but Ian, man, you take care. Enjoy uh, the rest of your week, boss, man. I'm gonna try and lock in with you after the draft, so we can try to uh, break down. We got we got the players uh, in front of us. We got the the skins players, the commanders players. We got the Titans and. Uh, some of the Cowboys guys. Yeah, we don't take uh, a wide well, receiver. By the time you come back, I won't be happy, bro. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> I won't be happy. All right. Well, hopefully, um, you aren't happy when the time comes, right? So we can That's so we crazy. can bet you. No, no, no. For sure. We who, who, do you, who do you have going to Dallas though? Just a, just curiosity. Oh, come on, man. You had all right. Just what curiosity. You got? 
Wait, in no. the mock draft, are you asking? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, do. The mock draft, the, the board played really well for Dallas. They uh, ended up getting Broderick mm. Jones at 26. Or 20, yeah, so getting that offensive tackle. He said he don't want no offensive line. He, he going to hey, call he that. He has that check the mock draft, bro. He ain't had to read it down for you, bro. Log on. Do that. Hey, Appreciate really you, man. I'll know, give you. I'll give you previews. I'll give you previews for sure, man. But uh, yeah, all right, that's all he get. That's all he get. He get Broderick. He get Broderick Jones. That's all you give him, bro. <laughs> Everything else you need to read. I'll say. I'll say. I'll give. I'll tantalize you a little bit. I really like your second round pick too. So now you got to go check that. Now you got to go look. Exactly. I'm gonna right go now, check. Say that there you go. Send me the. Uh, matter of fact, send me the. Uh, DM me your your article so I can take a look at the mock draft. Yes, sir. We'll do. All right, boss man. Hey, take care. Enjoy your week. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it, bro. I'll see you guys. Thank All right. You. Here we go. In do I get this? Oh, bet. There we go. All right. In Cummins, Pro Football Network does a good job, man. In depth detail job, uh analysis breaking down. Look, I told you, bro. His encyclopedia. Like he he knows Keep your notes. He had <laughs> Keep your notes, man. That's all you gotta do, bro. That's all you gotta do. Um, but fellas. As we continue on with the show, uh, we got our blind five up next. Yeah, uh, shit we see on social media. Come on, we're gonna close out with OBJ. So, uh, with that being said, fellas, there's only one thing left to do. Yeah, oh, I left my shades in the car, bro. Thing left. Crazy, bro. Boy, you stupid. That's crazy. Why both of y'all gotta get up? Look at y'all. Who had to get up? Your boys ain't even on camera no more. Who had to get up? Bro, both y'all, come on, bro. Y'all still ugly. Come on. What'd you say, bro? You said you don't got your shades. <laughs> What'd you say? Come on, bro. Let's go. I'm. Just, and that's what you said. That's what he said. That's what he said. Okay. Left my shades in the car. That's good. What else you leave in the car? <laughs> ain't leave that. Ain't leave go that ahead. drink. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. <laughs> ball cut you out of this live, boy. I ain't gonna say it, bro. Out of respect for the show, bro. We good, bro. We good. I'm good. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, good, I'm, I'm good. I'm copacetic. You know what I mean? We good, bro. I'm going to give y'all an option, bro. <clears throat> We're going to talk about college players because we talking about draft time. Uh, not necessarily college players that's coming out right now. But um, in the past, you're going to go from like 05 and up. College. It's, it's, two, it's two, different, two different options, though. We can go quarterbacks or we can go Offensive athletes. I just put it that way. Stick to quarterbacks. Quarterback, bro. <laughs> you be all over the place, bro. Have you? <laughs> and then I'd be mad. I didn't I mess, know, my, mess my, my pick up, bro. bro. All right, just because y'all said that, bro. Say no. Nah. Rick automatically know. a loser since he ain't here. So we're going to put L yeah. across the board for him. Yeah. And this is this is all for just what they did in college, bro. You don't got to okay, think what? about what they done in the league, bro. First, we got <clears throat> Cam Newton. So, time out. This is 05 until where? To the till. Basically, we got 17 years, bro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two. Cam Newton. I'm going to go. Who's calling me? Oh, Joe. Damn. Got called it back. Um, I'm going to go. I'm gonna do a soft. I'm gonna do four. Cam Newton in college, seventeen years, bro. I'm gonna go four, two. Okay. Tebow's in that joint. 
Uh, um, pay attention, bro. Just, just, just relax, bro. Just about to say, Joe Burrow. breaking your own rules. There's no such thing as no. I'm we're, I'm we're discussing the pit. All right, no, I'm not right. discussing nothing. When I'm go, bro. Talking, 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 bro. Stop talking, bro. I'm not even talking to you. you, you, you say, Ryan? This in the list. Come on, bro. You trying to mute me? I might play. Go ahead, Nick. Next one. No, I'm asking for your what? What number did you have for Cam? That's what I'm asking. Two, two. All right, bet two. I'm about to mute you, bro. What you got? PTSD or something? I ain't got I only, I only, I only Nick. Hey, come on, Nick. Cause you, you hey, come on, bro. Come on, Deshaun man. Watson. Uh, on three, four. Mm. Tim Tebow. Three. Two. Lamar okay. Jackson. Five. five. Yeah, five. My man won a Heisman, bro. Five. There's other people on this list who won who won the Heisman and won a Natty. So what we yeah, talking about? Clearly, Nick about to do something stupid. Go ahead, bro. Right, you think you would like this pick, bro? I'm not. If it's not, if it's not what I think it is, I'm not gonna like it. Go ahead. Mariota, bro. I already know it. Hell no. Oh. Vince Young. Oh, I'm cool with that. I'll tell you, baby. But you should have said Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had the best college season ever. Yeah, I know. My, pit, my, my list was like that. What's your I, list, man? VY1, I had uh, Cam at two, Tebow at three. Cam won a Heisman, right? Cam won a Heisman and, and, Natty. and championship. I had Tebow got two Heismans, though. Deshaun at four. Only thing I would probably switch is put, put Lamar at four. Cause he was crazy. You said you would put Lamar at four, and put Watson at five. I would. Everybody in this had a Heisman. Uh, I'm cool with. I'm cool with. I'm cool with. Deshaun Watson ain't had no Heisman. Just stuff with Dy. He had two natties though. He had he had two natties. That's for sure. And he beat Bama. Them Bama. Them Bama. Them Bama. Them Bama. I think he had one. I must. I think he had one. He lost to Bama once. Trevor Lawrence got the other one. He got two natties. He got two natty appearances. He got For two sure. natty appearances, sure. For sure. Um, but Can yeah, Vince Young, Young was probably Vince Young was probably the most electric. He was probably the most electric quarterback, before, like before Cam was even around. Like, I think he's still one of the most electric quarterbacks. I just um, know I was watching uh, the Rose Bowl, crazy. in church. Okay, don't even know why I was. In church, I was cheering, let me tell you how, but I was cheering for USC. As hard as I could, bro. And every time, bro, Vince Young made a play, bro, I was so mad, bro. I'm like, they can't stop him, bro. <laughs> that was probably, that was probably like the, as a child, as a young adult or as a young child, that was probably the best game I ever saw, bro. I was like, yeah. it's no way because this great. In the ugly burnt orange, that ugly white with burnt orange, I was like, bro, cuz out here cooking. And okay. I thought Reggie. I thought Reggie Bush was gonna be that. I was like, he gonna cook these boys, bro. He been cooking all and year. Speaking of that, Vince Young, even though he he made a couple of promos with us by like he he got one of those. Uh, what's my boy there from Baltimore? Snoop Jones. He got one of them joints. He had one of them. You know I mean, one of joints he wasn't supposed to be in, but it's on his record. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I did like Vince. But Vince was another potential high ceiling quarterback that just did not 
I, I mean, truth, truth of the matter is, I think BY still could have had a better career with us. Then y'all, then y'all if it wasn't Jeff for Jeff Fisher, like yeah. they, like I don't think Jeff Fisher at some point. Jeff never really liked him, bro. That's what I'm saying. I, at some point I, in his career, I think he, he only used him to prevent himself from getting fired. Right, for sure. I hey, think bro, I, let's, hey, let's do this album real quick, bro. It's a short list, obviously. It's only five. But I just want to see y'all opinion. I want to see what y'all doing on this one, bro. Real quick. What are you talking about? It's the list I put together. Hurry up, bro. All right, let's go. First one on the list, DJ. What are we doing? He doing the athlete joint. Like, yeah, big offense, offense since 05, bro. Yeah, yeah bro. that's going to be hard to do, bro. You don't have any tough. That's the whole purpose of it, bro. DJ, I'm going to say four, maybe five. He, Deshaun Jackson? Okay. Yeah. You said four, Ryan? I'm going I'm to go five. Right, in college, I'll I'll do uh I'll do five. Let's take college. crazy, bro. Tavon Austin. Tavon is better than DJ in, in college. Tavon is ridiculous in, at, at college, bro. Definitely yeah, I'm do three. I want to do two, but I'm a, I'm gonna be three. Anthony right. Thomas. Four. Damn, I could have put him at five, four. Sure. For sure, could have put him at five. Percy Harvin. Two. Okay. He was crazy. Oh. Uh, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do one. There it is. Percy had one, bro. Who, who, who we got next, bro? Who my Reginald, Reginald Bush, number one. Thank you. First of all, you said since oh, he said since oh five, bro. Reggie Bush last season. You Reggie Bush was a rookie in oh six. That's okay, one year. Bro. I ain't. I don't, I don't. All right, fine. I ain't tripping. I. I. I'm, I will gladly put Bush at two. And Reggie Bush is the best. Reggie Bush had he had like three years where he was cooking shit. I'm. I don't give a damn about no one year, bro. You know what's crazy about Reggie Bush, though? First, First off, of all, the pack the pack twelve is not to negate all, what he did, right? To be clear, difficult. no, 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 no. We he said he said since oh five, which means we're not counting anything before oh five. That's wild. We're talking, I mean, about, even we're talking about players who were still in college in oh five. We're not talking about the year he had in oh five specifically. I, that's fair. Reggie had one. Best one on the list. For sure, and you know, good list, right? Great list. Come on, man. Never, never W. Tell <laughs> ball, ball, ball for two today. Boy, you ain't even win the last one. What you yes, talking about? Yes, I did, bro. My list was better than yours. <laughs> bro, I'm like, why, why not talking, bro? <laughs> it's I'm, uh, you probably should have muted him. No, he's probably about to say something about the chain, bro. I did. I'm glad I was muted. <laughs> Once his voice got a little how loud, I was like, he about to go off. <laughs> All right, bro. Come on. What you seeing on the internet, bro? So, did y'all see Broncos reporter Ben Albright going crazy on Friday, bro? Or Saturday, I think, one of them days. Who? Y'all even know who Ben Albright is. No, who's that? He's a Broncos reporter, man. Covers the Broncos for uh, 
da da I forgot. That's what Broncos reporters do. Um, but let me go ahead and share the screen because this is the only way you'll probably be able to keep up um uh, with everything that that happened with that man, okay. that boy. Um, so for the for people who are on the audio side, you may be familiar with what happened with Ben Albright. But in case you didn't, Ben had something going on in his head where he felt that it was necessary to share to the world how he was such an asshole, how he was so bad as a relationship guy. Um, and not only tell people how bad he messed up, he told people what he did to make things messed up. But not only that, after he did that, he also put it out there hoping that in by inadvertently hoping in quotation marks that his ex who broke up with him saw the tweets that he made. So somehow she can be engaged in the conversation. So with all that being said, this is what we see. Uh, he goes on on a, like a four tweet thread talking about how he's been a bad partner. He cheated on his partner emotionally. Um, nobody asked him to do it, but he t- he he he's he's royally messed up. So he continues to do it after he's Hold done. Hold this is he an be NFL insider. Is this what you're saying? This is somebody ben- Benjamin Albright. Okay, the guy, this guy we bring. So this is, has nothing to do with football. He's just okay. Continue. This is the shit that we see on social media, my brother. Gotcha. Um, so you know, he, he goes through this whole long diatribe about you know, he's had a really good girl, um, really great person, uh, and and all these other things, like she was his biggest cheerleader, etc. All that, all that other stuff. Um, she was there, she was supportive, like she was all these things, and I was this asshole to her. Um, and essentially out in the out in her and telling the world what he did to her further embarrassing her right and then just saying that he he doesn't deserve sympathy but he wants everybody to know what he did what um, did he actually do okay so he said um I began to lose confidence in myself after some knockdown drag out fights and arguments and, and all these other things. And uh, there were other physical issues in their relationship. Uh, now that is a little ambiguous or un- unknown what that means, but that's, that's an interesting thought. But he said, as a result of him losing confidence in himself and, and there being other physical issues, he reached out to um, his ex and he started sexting his ex. Um, he didn't talk about his partner or he didn't talk to his partner. He didn't talk, he didn't talk to his issues to his partner. He just said, let's skip that part and let me talk to my ex and let's sex my ex. And he put all of this on Twitter in that thread about what he did exactly to his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend now to make her break up with him. Um, and as we continue the threads, uh, he, he goes on to say that, you know, he is that piece of shit. Um, it happened four or five times over a six-month period. Um, that he was sexting the girl. That he was sexting the girl. And then his last tweet that he says is, she may see this, she may not. This isn't my love letter or Hail Mary. It is accountability 
um, for being a crummy person and warning everyone else to not be stupid. Find your person. Don't lie to them. Don't cheat on them. Open up while you can. Uh, and that is the end of his thread. Uh, it went on longer, and I'll save you all. So this is the, the girl right here. This is this is his girl. Um, and this is her Twitter page or his ex. And uh, this is kind of now she said much more than this. This is just a screenshot. But she responded and saying, when your ex posts your trauma on social media, how much more of a piece of shit can you be? Um, so that is everything that happened on the world of social media. Uh, and it was kind of a crazy thing to kind of see transpire because I'm like, I'm like, bruh. Like, ain't nobody asking you to put this. Ain't nobody asking you to put this online, player. Ain't nobody asking you to embarrass this girl any further, right? To to the point where you want everybody to know what you did to her. Because imagine her friends and family follow you on Twitter as well. Um, and so you felt the need to that say was these the things. Girlfriend who posted that tweet or the ex who posted the tweet? Hell, got no current girlfriend. Both of them, the exes, right? Correct. Yeah, this is this is extremely this is extremely pointless. Like the fact that he, <laughs> I can I can hundred percent guarantee cause is drunk. So he said he he said he was sober. Kind of drug or which is even worse. Drunk. He said he was sober. hundred percent. I don't believe. He, I don't. Believe but here's here's the worst thing. There was when you wake up in the morning when this happened, right? And you wake up in the morning. The other thing is, there are several deleted tweets from Benjamin Allwright. Right. His his. The girl that broke up with him found the tweets that he was talking about, and they had dialogue. And in the dialogue, he was back to manipulating her again, saying that this is all your uh, in a in a grand scheme of things, right? I don't have to work. I don't have the tweets anymore. They're basically, this is all your fault. You know what you did to cause this, um, but we're not going to out this on social media, nigga. You just put everything on social media. Exactly. But if you if you all saw this in real time, you'd be like, bro, I ain't never seen, I've never seen nothing like this, bro. And, and he over here gaslighting shorty, right? Everything that's going on is a byproduct of her actions, right? Um, bro, you're the victim. I don't want to take that away from you, but you put this on social media, bro. Hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all these things, bro. Let me. Um, very extremely pointless, bro. I mean, it's just a, a, another another concept of, of the cliche of just don't press him, bro. Like, I don't know who who advised him on this, I'm pretty sure nobody, but the fact nobody. that he decided to, uh, I'm about to like, take a look at this page now, see what he got up there. Go ahead, just, you just it's boredom strikes again, like, there, there's no way, there's no way he needed to sit up there and send several tweets about. Really, I mean, I don't. I, I could care less. Truth of the matter is, like, I mean, I, all you did was embarrass yourself and your family. And your family. I think something going on in Denver, bro. Because all of them just stupid. Bro. I don't understand. Like, what what's going on? Like, yeah, bro. It's the, the <laughs> something in the water. That climate, bro. It's the mountains, bro. Everybody just hey, you Man, are everybody, it's the mountains. Yeah, ain't it's hitting the that job, bro. Ain't enough, ain't enough oxygen up that zone, bro. People losing their minds, bro. They need some more ventilation or something, bro. It ain't working. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, man, that's what we got, bro. Uh, a person wilding out on social media, bro, embarrassing himself. But not only that, trying to manipulate the person that he 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 claimed that he loved and he lost a good one, 
and everything backfires on him. Um, deservedly so, bro. Don't don't be that don't be that idiot. If he if any if there's everything anything that you get from what he put on Twitter and he said that he's trying to save you from the mistakes that he made. The mistake that he made was trying to manipulate everybody on social media, and that shit not working out for him. So well, let that be the lesson. Okay. Don't don't try to play yourself. Just keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> Simple as that. Um, fellas, Odell, yeah, signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, uh, what does this mean to you all, man? What do y'all What are y'all thoughts on on Odell signing with Baltimore? I mean, I, I think the obvious indication that it may give in most people's minds is the fact that why would Odell sign if, if Lamar wasn't coming back? So, uh, uh, before the signing of, of Odell, I was really of the mindset that Lamar, there was no way he was going back. I really thought, you know, at some points he would be with another team, but clearly with the, with the FaceTime screenshot that they, you know, Lamar put up on his Instagram. In the club, turned up in the section. Yeah, like, why, why, you know, why would you post that if, if that wasn't something that you, you know, if that so doesn't... Who the, who the hell is this in this screenshot that you sent to the chat? Who is this? That would be Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He about to be... He about to be the Canadian... He ain't no starting quarterback, bro. He about to be in the XFL. He got... <laughs> yeah, he, about to be, he about to be playing for one of them. Hey, bro. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Continue. But, yeah, bro, I mean, that just gives early indications that, you know, they might be able to work this out with Lamar. Just, I mean, that's 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 simply how I looked at it. I'm in the same boat. Um, I don't think so. There's multiple avenues, right? Like that people think, like he signed a one year, uh, fifteen million dollar deal. Now that's another worth, thing. I worth up to, like outrageous, bro. Worth up, worth up to eighteen mil, right? But here's my thing, though, right? Um, first off, like there are several factors that I don't think people take into account. Like, sure, in theory. You like you want to get paid handsomely, right? You want to get paid that money that you think that you earned. And um, uh, like the thought for for Odell is that he hasn't been around in some time in some time, but he's only missed one season. Um, but the last time he stepped on the field, like a lot of people forget that when he got traded to Los Angeles, he turned up. And then he turned up even more when he got to the playoffs. Like 21 catches in 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 four games, oh averaging over uh 13 yards of reception. I think he had like two or three touchdowns in the playoffs. Uh, to the point, uh, up until the point where he got hurt, I'm um, in the Super Bowl. Uh, but all that seeing, being said, uh, when you get your tryout and you put on a show for NFL scouts, like, sh- like people were thinking that he took the Ravens because they offered him the, the biggest bag. He was in negotiations with other teams. Nobody knows what he would have got with the New York Jets. He could have signed with the Jets and got the same offer, but the only difference could have been uh, the 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 money that you got guaranteed or the money that you got in the census. He could have had a one year, $18 million deal with the, I mean, excuse me, a one year, uh, uh, I'm throwing out numbers, one year, $13 million deal with the jets worth 18 million. Like it could have been the same thing, just different structures in a sense. And, and all I'm saying is when you look at Odell's situation, um, sure. The money can play a factor and I don't deny that. Uh, and, and it may have nothing to do with Lamar, but my thing is I highly doubt, that he's signing in Lamar, excuse me, signing in Baltimore for a rookie quarterback or for Snoop Huntley, bro. It is impossible. Like no money in the world would would convince me if I'm 31 years old. Uh, I know that like my time is coming in the sense of like I don't know how much more time I have out here. I want to work with a contender. 
if I don't have any type of all I need, if I'm going to get this type of money, all I need is somebody who's going to tell me, me, uh, 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 somebody meaning Lamar Jackson, somebody who's going to tell me, hey, bro, I really want to be here. I'm trying my best to make this work. Uh, that's all I can tell you right now. Uh, and if I know this person and I respect that person and I and I trust him because I know who he is, okay, bet. Let me go ahead and sign here. And if things don't work out, things don't work out. But as long as you're giving your effort and you want things to work and you're going to try your best to be in Baltimore next year, hey, let's rock out. Like, that's all I need. So I can guarantee you 3,000%. That was the best offer. He, not even say the best offer. That was the most money he got offered. I think so too, bro. It's, I think it's, it's possible, but I don't think it would have been far off. Like I, I still think that people would have been around that number. It may con, not have been the same number, but you it know has that it. much bread left to give Odell. Um, I mean, look, I don't know, but here's one thing I want y'all to you know just kind of that's to say like New York ain't broke. What, York, I mean, what do y'all York think about Jets? the fact that Odell signed a one year deal with the Ravens and Lamar? Let's say he comes back and plays in that tender. Like, how y'all know they haven't had any conversations? Like, look, bro, just play this one year. Let me show what I can do. And then out. And then you can slide after this year. I'm going to slide after this year. Like, what? Like, really? I mean, the boss still getting paid as what? 32 mil? Something 32 like that? He's going to play. And he already, like, fed up with the organization. I mean, that ain't going to change because Odell signed a one year contract. I mean, he that might give him, give him, you know, some some push to play for this year. If Lamar, if uh, you know, Odell and McCool like that, you know, he may just come and play that one year and slide. Um, I mean, they probably said, hey, hey, look, Odell, you come here, uh, another prove it deal. Um, because grandma man off of two ACLs, uh, so you come back, play off of, you know, what I'm saying, show people what you can do for a full year and go get another contract after this. But I don't know what he thinks he's gonna get, he's gonna be like 30. 31, 32? But if, if, if yeah, he, he go out there and show that he's still the same. Hey, come on, next year, Nick? Yeah. 32. Yeah, so, like, who about to give a 32-year-old? They're going to give him money, bro. About I mean, say. but it depends on what type of money he's looking for that's at that saying. age. Like, like if he shows, like... Tariq money, he about, he about oh, to get a little... Nah, that's what I'm saying. Hell no. He, I don't think he expects that. He can get a chill contract, but he not, I don't think he should go out here thinking he should get... Because I think he's trying to ask, like, 20 mil a year. In Dallas, I'm like, bro, look, look, listen. We ain't got that. We still got to pay CD. So well, first off, you think he really wanted to, he wanted to join y'all? That's that's the problem in itself. I mean, he ain't sure for nothing, bro. Um, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if he wanted back him back him condos, bro, we'd have had him. But you know what I'm saying? It's cool, bro. So. So did this did this throw you off for a loop though? At the end of the day, with, with Odell, did y'all was 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 the Baltimore Ravens in y'all on y'all radar? No, no. nobody I, ever nobody even said he was going to talk to the Ravens. That like, he just showed up one day. It was like, let me just mess with y'all. And then kudos to Baltimore for not letting him walk out the door because I think he's about to go see the Jets uh, like the following yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Um. But I still don't see that. I don't think the Jets were going to give him that much money either because they still got to. If they do, I don't think the A Rod deal went through yet. But if they do pay A Rod, ain't no way they can pay A Rod, Alazar. I mean, whatever they just pay him. And plus, they're going to customize. Yeah. I think Corey Davis is the name that they were talking about letting go, I mean, which is cool. But like, I don't know. But it's weird. I'm just ready for the draft. Um, I'm curious to see who they draft now. Uh, 
I, I mean, I hope they go another receiver for real. Um, load up what you can. That defense still straight. Um, I don't know, bro. Well, what about QB though? Like that's another thing that I think about. Like that QB spot for him. Who you gonna um, get? What's the Ravens draft spot? Because you can always go QB next year, it's but it's like off, so it ain't it ain't that low. Yeah, it ain't that. Low. It's nobody they can get. Let me see where they pick. Hold on, my bad. That's even worth. I thought I saw. Hold on, now they could get Henry Hooker later though. See, now nah, he coming to Tennessee in a second, so it ain't gonna work out for them. Yeah. Yeah. No. He coming to Dallas. In the oh yeah, third. pick twenty two. My bad. I don't know why I thought they had a higher pick. I thought they had multiple. Okay, so I'm tripping. Nah. Okay. So yeah, they don't really have no options. It's either Lamar or trade with somebody. Anybody on the street good enough to to be a contending quarterback, no matter who on the roster. Oh no, it is interesting though at 22 because you can go, you can go, you can go. Well, I don't think they should go tight end anymore. Like they got two. They got Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely. Um so I say I do I do agree. Like that that wide receiver spot is probably something they need to lock in again until they find something to stick. Do the do the Detroit route, bro. Like they have Bateman though. Bateman was uh but he got hurt. I'm with you. If you got yeah, Bateman, Odell, and you get somebody like uh, Zay Jones, Josh Downs, at that 22, just don't touch yeah. Jalen Hyatt because he's coming to Dallas, bro. That's it. Got bad news for you, son. <laughs> got bad news for you, player. I'm cool um, with anything but a tight end, bro, to be honest. Y'all just lost cool. a tight end, bro. Got, what you, you mean? Cool bro, we lost Dalton. You lost Dalton Schultz, bro. Like Dalton Schultz is cool, but Jake Ferguson is also good too, bro. But Dalton Schultz also caught a lot of passes for y'all. Caught a lot. Of, he caught a lot of stop routes. That's not what I. That's not what I said. I said he caught a lot of passes. Yeah, he caught a lot of stop routes. That look for him very often. Like, yeah, seven to stop. He the closest option. That shade go crazy, guess what? bro. That pick that almost got picked, it was the Dawn Schultz in the uh versus set of uh, San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> All right, bro. Um, called that man Zika fullback on the show. Said that man Dalton Schultz only caught catches uh stop. Uh, I not the, the grand. Um, I, I do believe Dalton Schultz is a is a cool option, but he he is replaceable. No, no, Amari wasn't yeah, replaceable. That's why you that's why you should that's why you should think about that's why you should be open to tight end. In a draft, that's he literally why you should end, be Jake Ferguson, bro. He a future. How many games he played? He the future. Come on, future. bro. How many I'm games? To take one, bro. How many games did he play? All seventeen. You played all of them. He, he no. Okay, so how many snaps did he did he play? I don't know, Ma. Oh, no. I'm, I'm gonna just do the work for you. Hold on, I'll do the work for you. He that's is the He was the backup tight end. Oh, so so what's his name again? I bet Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. Look on the third string. Oh, Jake Ferguson, 19 catches. Okay. Um, played in played in 16 games, got eight stars, 22, 20, 22 targets, 19 catches. 22 um, targets. Only oh, first year. That price he's a, he was a rookie last year. So so essentially he's not experienced. 
So essentially, a fourth round pick is your future. You, you're willing to you're willing to move forward in the NFL. Do you know when uh, we twenty twenty three season? Do you know when we drafted without, without moving forward without looking at you, a tight end in the draft? Do you know that, when that's we drafted? You saying you hope yeah. y'all don't take a tight end because you're cool with Jake Ferguson? That makes a lot of sense to you. Honestly. Look, look when we drafted Dalton Schultz. Where y'all draft him? No, look, look, just look at that. Why does where y'all drafted Dalton Schultz mean? Because you're talking about our fourth rounder guy. Look when we drafted Dalton Schultz. I'm not worried. Look. My point of saying that was not about the, the literal draft spot that he was in, but if you're talking about one tight end on your roster, for example, let's put it this way. This is a this is really good because Washington has like five tight ends on their roster. I don't at this point, uh I like uh what's his name? Cole Turner, who's a second year player, but he hasn't had any enough exposure to even say that he's worth like putting forward as the number one or number two alongside. Um, Logan Thomas, same thing with John Bates, who's been around for three years, but he's a primarily a blocking, he's a blocking specialist. He can run, run block and pass block, but he's next up in terms of the person with the most experience. That means I need a goddamn tight end or somebody has to step up to the plate. And with all those bodies, I'm still willing to draft a tight end. I'm not saying first round though, but he needs, like, you need to be thinking about tight end, bro. It's, I think it's a little naive for you to say, we got, we got Jake Ferguson that's not side. that's not even a, that's not even a rational like that's that's not a rational like analysis at the position bro i know you so know y'all we, need help y'all lost if we have if we have a young of a young tight end that that can be productive you still think i mean we got we got two tight ends i, I feel like that can replace dalton schultz why are you putting uh, the on dalton like that no, nah, they can replace his production. That fourth round tight end, Dalton Schultz, they can replace his fourth round that's production. Crazy. That's crazy. With, he keeps talking about the round he got drafted. Because actually, he said a fourth round guy in Jake Ferguson. Why can another fourth round be just as good as Dalton Schultz? <sighs> Look, bro. All I'm saying is, I don't. I, I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a tight end in the first round. That boy Dalton has 78 catches, 808 yards, and eight TDs, bro. 2021. I didn't discredit nothing from Dalton Schultz. I just said we can replace his production with the two guys that we had. That's it. I'm a firm believer but in y'all. Y'all tied in by committee. That's what you said. All right, Jake Ferguson did carry low by himself. But if we had to have, we oh, wanted to carry low. Right, it's time to go. It's time yeah, to go. Yeah, bro. Um, right, that's gonna wrap. Wait, that's gonna wrap wait, it up. Wait, that's my man ball out this year, bro. All right, we're gonna hold you to it, buddy. Um, <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the Chopping Down. Be the best podcast. tight end on, on anybody's team in this uh, podcast, guaranteed. No, you don't want to guarantee that. Guarantee I, it. I can promise you, you don't want to guarantee. Y'all only got a quarterback to throw y'all tight in the ball. It don't bro. matter, bro. First yes, of all, it does. First of all, how? How you figure? We have Tannehill on the roster. Tannehill, you not need, no bro. You need, you need like him, bro. That like I said, he not no scrub though. But you don't want him no more. That don't have because he making too much money. Look, hey Nick, we're not right. We're not gonna let Nick do this, bro. We're not gonna let him bait us into anything, bro. Over Jake Ferguson, bro. Like, like y'all like to clown me over. It's I, I took it. I just wanted to. I wanted the record to show. I took it easy on Nick. Now y'all, y'all like to carry me for for some of the shit that I say. I took it easy on Nick, Nick. Cause that's some wild shit to say off of one year. Bro, all I know on is 19, know, on nineteen I, catches. All I know, I know Jake Ferguson, bro. Watch the tape on him, bro. You a scout? Watch mm, the watch, tape, bro. Watch, Watch, oh, not not that's the words you want to use. <laughs> you a scout, bro. Watch the tape of my man. Watch, watch the tape now, huh? I'm trying to. I, I tell y'all that all the time, and y'all just say, man, fuck out of this shit, dude.
12 Love catches, my he man, ain't doing bro. nothing. Just like you said, Richie James the dog, my man had probably a negative three catches in this crib before that, bro. Who? My man, bro. Richie James. He just, he just said some. He just said some. He just said, he said some. Man, Richie James a dog, bro. Like, watch the tape stuff, bro. Bro. He, he the GOAT. And what happened after I told you about Richie James? And though? I'm telling you about Jake Ferguson, bro. Watch what I tell you about this season coming up. Well, you told me after the season ended. All right, you know what? I'm done. Cool. Believe, Keep an eye out on, 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 on your boy. I can't believe, bro. Jake Trasherson. Okay. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. <laughs> Y'all didn't stop disrespecting my boy. <laughs> hey, man. Don't forget to it? like, like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Rate, review, man. We appreciate it, bro. Uh, stay tapped in. Chop it down, man. More that episodes button. along the way the rest of this uh, rest of this week. We got some more next week as well. Y'all stay safe. We out of here. Tell that button. Enjoy the weekend. Damn, set, huh. Watch him throw the ball. We gon' pick it off. You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to wanna win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap and Dive.